The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Warning, the following program is not for the weak-hearted. Those who are closed-minded, or in general, you're scared to learn what's behind closed doors. Here at Sapphire's Airplay, I want you to pour the wine, grab somebody that you want to hold on to, or better yet... Get the vibrations stimulated through your body. Get ready for one hell of an orgasm in five, four, three, two, one. What is up, all you sexy motherfuckers out there in Radio Land? It's your girl, Sapphire. Now, I am back. Yes, back for another special chat for you guys, live from Moan. I am now joined with one of my fellow Moansters, one of my favorites, to be honest, Um you guys are going to love her too. I know you guys heard the chat horny for horror. She had some great intake in that. But now I get Mistress K all to myself for this beautiful one-on-one special called It's Not All Penetration. Because we're going to be talking about why some women cannot achieve the big O. But let me give you a quick one down of my my favorite monster, Mistress K. She's a hot <laughs> wife, cuckoldress, dom primal in FLR. She's non-monogamous, bi-curious, and a heteromantic. It's not sexy, y'all? Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, all my earbuds out there in Radio Land, welcome Mistress K. <laughs> hello, hello. I gotta a take great a great intro. <laughs> I told you. I told you I'll bring you up. You're immediately hyped as my hype, hired as my hype woman. <laughs> I would, I would be on hands and knees doing it for you anytime, anywhere, any place. Oh, please, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mistress K, um, why don't we let the listeners know why and you know why we got together on this topic? Um, we have one of our listeners who's in the chat right now, um, anonymous. We're going to call her anonymous, but she came to me and she said, I think you and Mistress K, if you can and if you're comfortable, can you discuss PIV sex? And I'm like, absolutely. She's like, but I, I don't want just PIV. I want to talk about women like myself who are unable to achieve orgasm with PIV sex. And if you're out there like, what the fuck is PIV? Ladies and gentlemen, it's just intercourse, penis in vagina. Okay. <laughs> Penetrative sex. That's what it is. And yes, believe it or not, there are females out there. There are vulva owners out there who may never achieve an orgasm because of this. So we're going to dive into it. Let's get into it. Mr. Let's get into it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and one thing we should point out at the beginning is that you and I are in the minority in that you and I can achieve orgasm through PIV. And there is um, there's some stats we're going to go over to show just how in the minority that we are. And I know you've got that kicked up and ready to go. But um, why don't we dive into actually kind of the, the different types of orgasms you can have? Because I think a lot of people just assume because of porn and pop culture that penis and vagina sex automatically equates to orgasm absolutely absolutely (laughs) (laughs) so with that being said yes did you guys know that there is about five different orgasms that one can experience in life believe it or not there are five different types of orgasms i know for vulva owners owners, okay now one of them is actually um a generalized one because there are people who can actually achieve this as well why did i lose my note on that hold on stick with (laughs) me shit happens So the five types that I have a list, the five types of orgasms for vulva owners, you've got clitoral, the external manipulation of the clitoris, you've got vaginal, G-spot, the anterior fornix, those little spots happening. You've got anal, lots of nerve endings in the anus. So that is a combo for, that. that is a common one for both men and women. And blended or combo orgasms is just what it sounds like. It's when you combine, you know, clitoral, vaginal, anal, 
or all three and have a you know a great big happy and then erogenous zones so stuff like you know nipple stimulation sometimes foot massage there are people who can orgasm from getting their foot rubbed to, you know people who can just get their mind fucked and just come to further um explain on this too you know because a lot was just said in that but let me let me break it down even in a simpler for, uh, form okay mm-hmm. we did mention clitoral orgasm vaginal orgasm which may some people will say oh that's g-spot we're gonna get into that don't worry oh yeah the blended orgasm this is one of my favorite words um the blended okay that means when you have clitoral and vaginal orgasms occurring simultaneously now, mm-hmm. Mistress K and I had were given some homework before we did this. Did you do your homework, Mistress K? I did not. I didn't get a chance wait a, to. Oh, wait a second. So wait a second. Pissed. I'm so pissed. I popped my pussy wide open before we hopped on this chat right now. I did my motherfucking <laughs> homework, and I want everybody out there with a vulva to do the same, okay? I want you to bust it wide open either by yourself or with your partner. I highly suggest everybody does does this because... I tried and I fell off the damn bed, woman. Oh, no, woman. Mm-mm-mm. Your booty's okay, right? Vulva's okay? It it's is, intact? It is. Okay. I'm fine. As long as it's intact. But before we go into more of the types of orgasms, I need to, like, first of all, I learned this just a couple days ago, which is fucking wild. Did you know about Mm -hmm. this before we did this experiment or not do the experiment? I actually didn't know this information ahead of time. This was not, this was, um, I couldn't remember the exact measurement, but I had heard this uh, statistic before. So what I want everybody to do who has a vulva at one point, okay, so vulva owners are told that if you have a distance of 2.5 centimeters or less, you are more than likely to orgasm with vaginal penetration. Now, we- 2.5 centimeters between your urethra and your external Yes. The external part of your clitoris. Which I was about to explain. So intercourse, okay. and this is according to Come As You Are from Emily Nagasaki. Everybody should put this on the reading list. She mm-hmm. says that intercourse is not a very effective way to stimulate the clitoris. And clitoral stimulation is n- is the most common way to make orgasm happen. In fact, research has found that one reason why women vary in, re- in reliability in reliability, they orgasm with penetration is the distance between the clitoris and the urethra. So if you measure between a distance of 2.5 centimeters or less, you are one of the few who is likely to orgasm with vaginal penetration. Now, with that said, I, I bust my pussy wide open and I got 1.5 inches, 1.75 inches, which is approximately 4.45 uh, centimeters. So therefore... I am one of those who is able to achieve a vaginal orgasm. Motherfucking so wait a math. minute. Yours was larger. Yours was a, a larger distance. A larger distance. And you can still yes. see. That's amazing. Right. So much science still needs <laughs> to be learned, which makes me wonder if your, you know, if the mapping of the full clitoris, if they were able to fully map your specific clitoris. Um, how it would lie in your vaginal canal. I think it would be very interesting. Like, honestly, time time for us to go and research some more orgasm Mm -hmm. studies. If there's something, Mm -hmm. let me volunteer my pussy. I volunteer as pussy tribute on that end. So with, <laughs> now here's another orgasm that Mrs. K and I very much like I, I've talked about this in other episodes um, for those monsters who don't know who I am. I'm Mr. Sapphire, Miss Sapphire of you nasty. Um, <laughs> I have a podcast called Sapphire Zero Play that now I just host specials, but I have definitely talked about this a few times, but corgasm, corgasm is the ability to orgasm when triggered with exercise. So if you ever Mm. wondered why when you're going to the gym, you might find yourself oddly sexually turned on. You might be on the elliptical machine, you might be on the Stairmaster, and then all of a sudden you start feeling a tingling sensation down there. That is corgasm at its finest. And it's only triggered by exercise, even with running, um, riding up on the shorts, especially for women with bigger, you know, pussies, that 
the shorts can ride up a little bit, hit the clit a bit, and then there you go. You might, you know, get a little extra workout in there. I'm doing like the running man. You guys can't see me, but... What do they call it if you uh, get the vibrations from riding the lawn, riding lawnmower? What's that one? You know, right? <laughs> List- exercise does nothing for me, but I'm like, if you put me on the lawnmower, maybe we'll have a different discussion. I guess let's just. <laughs> it call might it- also be the sexy podcast that I'm listening to, at the time, <laughs> so I might just be in that mood. Would you just call it a, a, a morgasm then? A mogasm? That's right. Yeah. A mogasm. <laughs> mogasm, more problem. So again, there are endless endless orgasms out there. Mistress K was uh, mentioning um, erogenous orgasms. That's involving the skin. Your skin, skins, you can orgasm just by the touch of your skin. I myself personally would call myself like a a hair trigger. You know, you put your hand in a certain area of my legs, my neck, my breasts, of course, you know, on my vagina, it's going to get wet. She might get a little excited. And depending upon how you rub, I might get off to it completely. What about you, Mrs. K? Well, I am, my husband has referred to me as a haptic slut quite a lot. So (laughs) I love, love to be touched. And that kind of goes back into that primal nature of me where I love touch. I love touching. I love sense. I'm fully engaged in all of my senses when I play. And it is, um, you know, yeah, I like rough touch. I like gentle touch. I like to mix it up. But um, I have, um, I've come from nipple stimulation just once, but that's wow. that's only been one time. Okay. So, Should we- yeah, but generally, no, I mean, generally it's like, it's the big three. It's the, you know, it's the, it's the clit, it's the vagina, it's the ass. Those are the ones that I do. Anytime it's all three at once or is it kind of like, oh, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I like yeah. that. Well, it's fun. <laughs> well, you know, we wanted to get into some statistics, so let's go into some facts. Um, 81.6 of women, 81.6% of women do not orgasm from intercourse alone, okay? And that's without the additional clit stimula- um, stimulation. And out of that 81%, 18.4% of women report that intercourse alone is sufficient to orgasm, which, as Mistress K and I have both said, that's where we fall in the percentile. So again, yeah. those women out there, there are more women out there who are not getting a proper orgasm through simulation of intercourse. Well, not that they're not getting a proper orgasm, although that is actually true too because Mm -hmm. it comes up in our next statistics but they're not getting a penetrative penetrative yes yeah do you want to take the next lead on the yeah the next uh statistics is that guess what 95 percent of heterosexual men usually or always orgasm during partnered sexual activity compared to the just 65 percent of heterosexual women it makes me question what exactly is being done during these sex studies, you know, what type of sexual act of partnered sex has hmm. this big gap? Because let's be honest, sex varies on different acts. You know, is it anal sex? Is it vaginal sex? Is it right. you know, clitoral stimulation? And what involving in the partnered sex? Because then we have to say what sex positions are these partners doing that may or may not be able to achieve that orgasm? And that also goes back to how they frame the studies, because if you're doing these studies and the studies are relying on self-reporting, then you have a very large margin of error for that versus, you know, bringing folks in the lab and saying, there you go, perform, you know, (laughs) seriously, (laughs) though, (laughs) that's going to be that's going to give you different results. And and in that situation, those numbers might drop even more. Just Absolutely. because of the idea of like, oh God, I'm in a lab. You'd have to get some some good old good old exhibitionists in there, like being like, yes, watch me, take some <laughs> notes, take some notes, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I got a real question to ask because I'm looking at this one stat, and I was like, hmm, this makes me think. When you're having sex, Mistress K, mm-hmm. how long do you say a session lasts? A typical session. A typical session for me with a with a playmate that I'm having is is pretty much an hour. Okay, yeah, it's usually uh, I, I I play for a while. Okay, and I and I tend to 
go after uh, or seek out play partners that can last for a while. And so, and with that being said, in that time of an hour, are we talking about just mm-hmm. straight fucking? Or are we talking about, you know, the mixture of a little foreplay that leads into the actual physicality of PNV sex? Yeah, there's foreplay. There's there's definitely foreplay involved, but there can also just be like a solid hour of straight fucking too. Like it it varies. Okay, so with that being said, one of the studies that I found out, and also I think everybody should take note and check this website out, pleasurebetter.com. They did a, a few, a quite a big extensive orgasm um, study. So pleasurebetter.com. If you try, I, I think if you just type in orgasm statistics, it should pop up right away. But they did a study that also said that women take about an average of 14 minutes during partnered sex to orgasm, which is an average average of eight minutes during masturbation Mm -hmm. so again with that being said what about the women who aren't comfortable with masturbation and i always say if you're not comfortable with your own body and then you get into partnered sex you gotta ask yourself how do you know what the hell you like if you don't go down and touch yourself which again we will further go on but these are all these things that we're saying these are things to you know keep in the back of your mind because there are women out there who do not like to touch themselves but they rather get off with a partner but when I ask them personally like but what personally turns you on if your partner is not there what else do you do well I don't want to buy toys because they're so expensive and I never feel like a toy works for me or I just let my my partner take control because they know what I like but I'm like but how did you get to that point you know what I mean, Mr. K? Like, how did you mm-hmm. get to that point to know if your partner knows what you like? How did you know that it felt good to you? Was it because it just was a consistent thing? All these things we have to ask ourselves when it comes to orgasming, because I yeah. feel like if you don't know yourself sexually first and you're just always relying on a partner to get the job done, how do you not know that you're not fully living out your best sex life? Well, and you also have to, your partner needs to help you by creating a space where you can speak honestly if something feels good or not. Um, That's something that my husband created for me, gave me that safe space very early on. And he told me, one of our statistics is actually on um, faked orgasms, and I'm trying to find it. Where'd it go? Um, so it's something like um, 59% of women have faked an orgasm. Okay, so if you fake an orgasm, how are they ever going to learn how to pleasure you? You've just given them false information. You're depriving not only yourself, you know? but you're depriving your partner of sharing such right. a great, beautiful experience. Yeah, and, and my husband. Flat up, when we were, this was early when we were dating, he asked me, had I ever faked it with him? And I would, you know, at the time, no, I don't believe I had, or, you know, maybe once or whatever. And then he specifically asked me to never fake it with him. He said, if I can't get you off, that's fine. Or actually, that's not fine, but I'll, I'll do it some other way. I'll work with you to, you know, I want you, but if you fake it, then I'm never going to get better at giving you pleasure. And that was like early on in our experience so you talk about like really setting the tone for empowering me to go after my own pleasure i mean that's something that really set the tone for our marriage and then also helped me because this is what i was used to just talking so when i began to play in the non-monogamous space it was easier for me to just say what i wanted (laughs) and that's why we Um, always i mean we had some hiccups um, and I can talk about this more when we go into um, some some possible reasons why people can't achieve orgasms and some of the physicality because, you know, uh, we had to, in a way, kind of relearn that when I had my little cock blockers because of the way that my body changed from that. But there, um, there are some other kind of things about orgasms. You know, some people can only orgasm a certain way. You know, and some people that have a thing called um, anorgasmia. Speaking of um, anorgasmia, so that yeah. is the inability to achieve orgasm. And again, 
There are women all across the country who suffer from major symptoms of anorgasmia, and there are several different um, types of anorgasmia. So there's lifelong, which of course you've never had an orgasm in your entire life, your enti- entire sexual sex active life I would say then there's acquired Mm -hmm. which is you used to have orgasms at one point of your sex life but now you're having difficulty reaching climax some women I've I've noticed over the years as you get older it might be a little bit harder to achieve orgasms that you may have had when you were sexually active in your 20s and there can be a lot of things Mr. Cage has said that's me that's me I want to I want to get to you in that in the second too Situational anorgasmia, of course, the situational part of it being that you're able to orgasm only in certain circumstances. So I've heard women, especially one of the people who came to us when we were talking about doing this as a topic, they came to us and said, I may have achieved an orgasm one time when I masturbated and I tried it again. It didn't work. I did the same exact thing and it just didn't work. And that happens. Or they may have been with a partner that gave them the best, you know, night of their life. And then they go back to them and it's just not the same anymore. That's situational. Then there's generalized when you won't, when you aren't able to achieve an orgasm in any situation or with any partner, which is the most common, unfortunately. So Mr. Skay, you said that you are at this point of your life. I don't want to say generalize and say a point of your life, but would you say that you are at this point where it's acquired? Um, well, I think that for me, it's um, the way that I used to achieve orgasms is different from the way that I achieve orgasm now because um, of the changes that my body happened and, and, went through having kids and um, I had damage from childbirth um, that when it healed made it actually difficult for me to achieve external clitoral orgasms whereas before you know that was the happy button you top it you you, you punch it and I go wee <laughs> like yay but for um but i had i actually tore into my in, i had nerve damage basically mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. from that mm-hmm. and and then um when that nerve damage healed sex was different and i basically had to learn how to find my orgasm again because the sex that I was having prior to childbirth versus the sex that I was having after childbirth um, was different. What what ways did you... From both... Well, just for both the physicality, but also from mood, from intensity, from fucking time, how much time we had to be able to devote that because now we had humans to take care of, you know? I want to focus on this. You said that you had to find your way back to orgasm. So, Gemini, welcome. Hello there. Hi, Gemini. So, real quick, what's your question? What's your statement? Okay, so I actually wanted to talk about uh, something that Mrs. K had just brought up about uh, how she had to, after childbirth, because of the nerve damage, that she had to relearn how to find, uh, you know, how to orgasm, right? And it got me, it actually brought up an interesting thing, um, which is a natural part of the brain and of our nervous system. Um, And it's that... Uh, we have the ability to reteach our nerves or reteach our bodies to create new neural pathways to achieve the same purpose. Uh, and it's called neuroplasty. Have you heard about that? Yes. And yes. Um, Gemini, I'm going to bring you down. Thank you so much. Yep. Yeah. And that's basically what I had to do i had to um retrain my body and retrain my own responses for it i had to discover the parts of my body that oh that's pleasurable Mm -hmm. that feels good and you know and it was more than just using my husband's dick we had to use toys we had to kind of discover and play and play around with it and then 
for me, opening the door for non-monogamy opened up a whole nother world of, you know, that sort of options. <laughs> let's let's go into this, too, because, again, the fact that you communicated, communication is my favorite thing when it comes to sex. Anybody who's ever listened to my shows has been in spaces with me knows that the big C word communication is a very big thing. And I feel that if you're going to make relationships work, regardless if they're a fuck buddy situation or if it's, you know, long term marriage, communication is key. Communication is the best key to achieve your best sex life, regardless. Okay. And even communicating Mm -hmm. to yourself. So again, how you said that you had to refine yourself through toys with your man. And then you just, you know, you just said the biggest thing right there, not having to depend on your partner's penis. I think that's one of the biggest things that a lot of us women, and again, if there are women that want to join the chat, I really want to have, I want to talk to women on this too. I understand if you don't want to be on the, this recorded portion. And again, ladies stick around because I do want to have Q and A with you. But if there is a female at any point that wants to, you know, say their piece as well, please feel free. But I think the problem is, is that we in society have this so big, we have this big focal point when it comes to sex that it's always about penetration, that it's not about toy play, that toys are just a sexual enhancement and that people, you know, who masturbate aren't living a good sex life or they know nothing about sex. But it's Mm. the fact of the matter is you're communicating to yourself of how you want to respond. So, you know, when you, I've heard women say, you know, I tried masturbating and then I just felt this like, this feeling in the gut of my stomach and it just didn't feel right. So I stopped and I'm like, honey, that's you reaching a point of climax. This is a natural (laughs) response. Let it go. That's why you have, when you, when you're having playtime with yourself, I try to tell Mm -hmm. people it's not about the, the act of, Hey, I'm going to fuck myself tonight. Tonight you're loving on yourself. You want to set a scene, set the tone, take yourself on a nice date. Take yourself oh, out on a nice care. It is. Take yourself it on a nice be. nice date to end the date with yourself. Lighting yeah. candles, drinking a little wine, not too much wine. I'm not trying to get you tipsy <laughs> on yourself. And you'll understand why cuz we got a little fun portion. Well, and that's another thing that we can talk about is the fact that there are other causes for anorgasmia besides, you know, nerve damage from childbirth. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can talk about there's medications that can happen. There's, um, you know, there's other gynecological issues like surgeries, hysterectomy, cancers, you know, things that when you have to have stuff happen now and have to sort it out, then that there's diseases, multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's disease, you know, and just fucking being in the right goddamn headspace. I was just about to say mental health is the most, one of the most important things. And anything that we're saying today, again, Mistress K and I are sexual advocates. We are not doctors. We are not nurses. We are not, we do not have our PhDs. And so I highly, highly recommend anything that we're saying today. If it hits a, if it's dinging in your head, oh, excuse me. If it's dinging in your head and you're like, oh shit, this is me. Bring it up Uh to your doctor. Please bring it up to your doctor. And I did. I had a, I went through a period of life you know, in my 20s, this was prior to childbirth, where I had a condition called vaginismus, made penetrative sex incredibly painful for me. And I, you know, forget orgasms. I couldn't even, I could barely have sex. Did you bleed and during? I went, did you? No, I okay. didn't bleed. Okay. Um, and I just, it was just painful. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter how much lube we used. And we were both getting incredibly frustrated. I was feeling fucking broken and my husband being the awesome person he is is just like okay you're in the mood you're wet you know we we're using lube something's going on let's go talk to a doctor so when we say go see a doctor i am speaking to you from experience go see a fucking doctor please 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 <laughs> also another thing fellas just because a woman is wet just because she might be in the mood for sex 
please do not shun her in why she didn't achieve an orgasm. There are women out there, again, I will reiterate, having an orgasm is beautiful, but it's a rare occurrence, okay? You can 100% be wet, turned on, ready to go, and be the most silent fuck in the bedroom. Yep. And still say, I enjoyed sex. Wetness, yeah. wetness does not mean orgasm. Wetness does not mean that you are an, an expert in sex because that's why we have lube. You can never not have enough lube. If you're dealing with a partner right now that's saying, fuck the lube, I got my spit, you're wet enough, dump that partner immediately. Throw that motherfucking partner in the trash. <laughs> I'm so sick of it. Like, men, stop getting discouraged. I'm speaking to the men. I'm not speaking to the women yet. Men, (laughs) I need you to stop saying that your spit is enough. Because when my vagina is tearing during sex, which can happen, because if you don't have... Yeah, if you don't have enough lubrication to the vagina, you can absolutely tear it during sex. It's not just during childbirth. Women, have you ever noticed that during sex, sometimes your clit might feel a little irritated from dryness? That's because you are not lubricated enough. So I cannot yep. stress it enough that you can have, that you need to have a bottle or at least two bottles. Slap that motherfucker on there. Wetter and, is better. Wetter is better. And, <laughs> and if you're, if you, and even if you are wet, like say you are like beautiful Miss Sapphire and myself <laughs> who are able to squirt. Squirt does not always equal loop. No, you know? no, it's not. Sometimes can I just say you still need some fucking lube. Let me just say <laughs> even though you can squirt. Squirting is great, but it tends to get a little uncomfortable too, okay? It's itchy. Gets itchy after a while. Like, don't just shove my squirt juices like you see in porn. Slap the juice and then just put... No! Get that bottle of motherfucking lube! (laughs) Slap it on there. Put some more on. Pause. Make it sexy. Give me a fucking vulva massage. You might have the biggest dick in the room and and my pussy's like, ooh, it's swollen. Yeah, it's swollen. Rub some shit into that. Give me a nice pussy massage. (laughs) Relax my lips so that I can take you in fully again. So with that said, there's never enough lube. And ladies, it's okay to bring out the lube. It's okay to indicate to your partner, hey, can we pause? I'm not wet enough. I'm not wet enough. Absolutely. <laughs> just, I, I, I saw you thinking like, fuck yeah, like let's go get some lube. Let's lube up and go. I, I felt Mrs. K like giving me some like type of pat on the back right here. I was like, oh, hold on. She's she's trying to tell me something over here. She's trying to tell me something. <laughs> <laughs> now, another uh, another thing um, as we want, I do want to get into some of the fun stuff. Yes. But here's another thing with orgasms. 86% of homosexual women usually in always or always orgasm during partnered sexual activity compared to just the 66 bisexual 66% of bisexual women and 65% of heterosexual men. I feel attacked. <laughs> I feel attacked. I feel attacked. I feel attacked. As a 90% lesbian, 10% bisexual woman, I feel fucking attacked because I I do feel sometimes when I am with females, I do achieve more orgasms, more sexual arousal. And I can't, sometimes it's, I I can't, I wish I can say like how, why that is. I want to ask you a question. Please. Do you think it's because when same sex partners have sex, they don't have the societal script that we have been given through media through porn of how sex is supposed to look so they have to ask those five beautiful words of what are you into do you think and that just by doing that opens up a whole line of conversation opens up a whole line of how you want to be touched how can i make you feel pleasure and it puts the idea of mutually achieving pleasure together and make sex a more collaborative effort versus I want to look like what they look like in the movies. Mm -hmm. I want to say yes and no. I feel that, you know, there's that running joke 
well, girls know girls because we all have the same thing. But I'm like, at the same time, not no. the case because, again, I've definitely been with women where I'm getting off. Yeah, like I've been with women that are like, well, I don't know how to touch you. Like one of my last sexual encounters. Actually, I take that back. One of my last sexual encounters earlier in the year and unfortunately I just had to drop her as a partner because I was just like that's just not how I function but Mm -hmm. you know she had vocalized to me that she is interested in women but she doesn't get off to women but there was something about sex with me that was different but then when it came to okay I did everything to you now it's time to touch me, make me feel good. She looked at me and she's like, well, I don't know how to touch you. And I looked at her, I was like, well, how do you touch your vagina? I didn't even say pussy. I was like, how do you touch your vagina? And she said, well, I I let my partners do that. And I literally stopped the scene right there. I stopped the scene right there and I was like, okay, now it's time to get a little sexy, but now it's time to get you acquainted with your own vagina. And I was asking her certain things like, why don't you touch yourself? How do you not know um, how to please a woman? If you're interested in women, like, have, like, touch me. I was like, just touch me. Yeah. Put your hands on me. How do you like to be Absolutely. touched? You know, and I'm literally taking her hand you know having her touch her vulva guiding her guiding her to my vulva and i was like these are your lips sometimes it feels good does this feel good when i'm touching the outside of your lips and she's like yes that feels really nice okay let's move to your clit and it's amazing how knowing your own anatomy really helps and knowing what anatomy looks like to begin with i mean they've only just mapped the entire clitoris and oh i have this written down it's like uh 2015 2005 i want to say let me check my i think it was 2016 if it's the one i'm looking at right now that well the mri was done by a urologist can we just also take for a second and realize that a urologist is the one who thought to map the clitoris not an obgyn not the people who actually fucking study pussies but no the urologist (laughs) studied it Okay. So again, we're not trying to man bash. We're not trying to man bash, but urology. Yeah. The the (laughs) genetic or the genome was mapped before the clip was. Can we just talk about it? Like the human genome was fully mapped before a woman's clitoris was mapped. That's how much. That's why we have an orgasm gap because we don't have pleasure prioritized if women can learn their own bodies then we can learn how to say you know what it's going to take me 14 minutes or more to get to the point where i can orgasm it can take men on average five not to mention because we had mentioned g-spots but i mean again the g-spot wasn't even founded by a woman it was founded by a man in 1940 and even still there's the big debate of whether or not a g-spot orgasm truly exists Mm -hmm. or is it just one big massive orgasm due to vaginal sex there's that ongoing issue right because the only erectile tissue that is found in the vaginal canal is from the clitoris so they've never actually found a g-spot it's the only stuff that's there is the clit. Sorry. Sorry, guys. It's all clit. <laughs> you got to stimulate the clit either on the inside or the, or outside. the outside. At some points, a, a clit's going to be stimulated. And when she's so, telling you, please stay, like, stay there. Lick me here. That's a sole reason. Mm-hmm. Because, again, you might not be able to come vaginally, but Lord have mercy on the woman who's coming off and getting off with her clit. Focus on the clit. Mm-hmm. I know it looks. Yeah. A, I know it looks a little weird. It's a little penis. I get it. It's a little weird. You bust it open. It's like holy shit. There's a mini dick in the middle of her vagina. Pay attention to it. You want us to pay attention to your penis? <laughs> pay attention to my motherfucking clitoris. Is that so hard to ask? Go. Is it so hard to ask? And ladies, <laughs> ladies, let me direct it to you. When you masturbate and use those toys. 
There's a reason why there are G-spot massagers. There's a reason why some of your vibrators are curved a certain phallic way. Because that hook inside that beautiful vagina of yours, it's going to get off. It's going to feel good. Let your body feel good. Pillows. I always say, you know, if it's hard to achieve an orgasm, you know, just flat on your back, elevation really, truly helps. I I have a couple sex pillows, which honestly look like gymnasium equipment. It's a slope. Yeah. I can use it's it on wedges. my yeah. It's a wedge. I can use yeah. it on my back. I can use it on my stomach, and that helps me personally achieve some of my best orgasms. Mm-hmm. So 100%. again, so for, I, you know, I'll pile those pillows up. Yeah, pile <laughs> pile them up. It's okay. You know, that's that's just extra space. So for women that are like, well, I just don't know what to do. Here you go. If you got a toy, use lobster lube. Slap on a bunch of lube, slap on a condom because safety first, with, especially with your toys. I know it's uh-huh. your personal toy. You want it, you know, feel it. Silicone is not always everybody's friend down there. I'm allergic to silicone. Uh-huh. So any of my silicone toys, I have to coat it with a condom and yeah. non. And you don't want to put silicone condoms with silicone um, toys. Or silicone mess? lube with silicone and sil- toys. Everything. No silicone on silicone action. Silicone condoms, lube, toys don't all match. Nope. Water based on all these toys. And even still, you know, for the women out there that say, I don't know how to achieve it. Practice makes perfect. Mm -hmm. Try to clear your mind. Have a nice little soundtrack in the background. Take a hot bath. Sometimes that even helps because it helps relax, relax your muscles. And speaking about muscles. Well, And then to take that into partnered sex, Mm -hmm. when you learn where your body needs to be touched, then you can learn how to get the dick where it needs to be or, you know, to get the toy where it needs to be. And then that helps you when you're with a partner. I mean, because men are all beautiful shapes and sizes. Penises are all beautiful shapes and sizes. Some curve down, some curve up. If some curves down, I am going to be hopping on all fours because that's where it's (laughs) going to hit the spot. If they curve up, I'm going to be on my back, legs in the air saying, all right, there's the spot, little to the left. Let's go. You know, (laughs) I know my body. And when you know your body, it can help you get there. But even if you know your body inside and out, you might not be able to have a penis and vagina orgasm. And that is okay. Absolutely okay. And again, you may think that that little, like I said, that pit of that uncomfortable feeling where your muscles start to tighten up, it's in your stomach. You might feel a little Charlie horse. That's your body responding in its own way to sexual pleasure. It's going to feel a little uncomfortable at first. It's hard to let go of control. There are women out there who don't know how to just let go of control. Or there's that mindset of, I'm going to pee. Yeah. You're not going to pee. No, you're not if you. Pee pee before sex pee before masturbation you're not going to pee during the act of sex no you won't okay and it's um you know it's important to think about the fact that yes we want you to attain all this wonderful pleasure but the end of it the the orgasm should not be the end of a sex act i was just about to say it should not be the focus it should end when you guys have both achieved as much pleasure as you want out of this play session, full stop. That's when it stops. Yeah. It doesn't stop just because he busts a nut. No. And because he can bust a nut in that condom and then you can say, you know what? I really would love for you to go down on me a little bit more because I'd like that one extra, extra little push. bit of, you know, I want that extra little peak of pleasure. I want to hit that. And if your partner isn't good giving and game enough to get, to give you that, you need to reevaluate who you are allowing inside your body. You just brought up another point. Also, just because a woman, quote unquote, comes because you saw it on the bedspread doesn't mean <laughs> she's finished. 
<laughs> I have, you know, an ex-girlfriend of mine. Yeah, she would achieve multiple orgasms after sex with myself on a strap or with my man, you know, fucking the shit out of her. But she would always have to finish herself and she would mm-hmm. masturbate. And it's not like that's no dick. It wasn't anything against you guys. No, it's just how she it gets you- off. That's how she gets that's- off. And that's why I ask, you know, when I ask women, what is it holding you back from masturbating, touching yourself? How do you know when your body is finished? Because if you're saying I'm craving more, well, that means you're mm-hmm. not finished. You got some more. Mm-hmm. You got some more work to do. And we shouldn't see the word the word work as problematic. Mm-hmm. Put that work in. Tap on out. Your 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 paycheck is the sexual gratification that you get out of it. We work hard get to get reward. yeah get that reward. If we work hard in life, you know, working multiple hours a day, and we're we're loving what we do, we get a nice fat paycheck at the end of the week, correct? So why not use it as sex and think of it as this is some fun work to do, but I'm not going to stop until I get that paycheck I want. Right, but I mean, again, that this goes back to the point. Like, yes, we all want to orgasm that would be amazing to have absolutely but there's some time that you're going to have a wonderful awesome sexual encounter with somebody and guess what neither one of you are going to come no and you'll still have a fucking good time if you're having a collaborative connective experience where you're both just going into it to explore and have a good time so before we start getting you know? into some Q&A real quick there's some things that we might not even know, but um, so I just want to, and wrapping up, there are some drugs and things that can affect the sex drive for both men and women. I'm not going to list them all, but I do want to list some of the key ones. Antidepressants. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Antidepressants do fuck with the hormones, with the brain, the trigger that, you know, helps us achieve sexual orgasm it can affect men with premature ejaculation and women you might experience vaginal dryness the inability to orgasm ever wondered again bringing it back to before a diagnosis i know for me when i was on antidepressants i'm off of them now um but i noticed when i was on antidepressants myself that there were months where i would have such a high high sex drive and then all of a sudden when my partner was good and ready my body was just like absolutely no we're not doing this tonight and i always noticed it was around the time that i would take my medication so then i would stop taking my medication if i knew i was about to get down and dirty (laughs) you know whichever way so again that might be something to bring up to your doctor if you're noticing that you once had this fantastic sex drive then you're on these Mm -hmm. antidepressants or when you notice again like myself when I was taking the pills I was not in the mood to have sex and then I would wake up the next morning and I'd be good and ready because the antidepressants wore off and doctors it is it is really incumbent upon you to explain to your doctor that this is a priority for you this is something that means enough to you to seek their help about because a doctor so often is focused on keeping you healthy so that's their baseline they want to get you to that baseline whether it's from antidepressants, whether it's from anti-epileptic medicine, blood pressure medicine, birth control, antipsychotics, cholesterol-lowering medicine, antihistamines, anti-seizures, opioids, all these other things. There's there's a, a ton of drugs that are out there that can that can affect your sexual chemistry in your body Absolutely. and the way that you can achieve. And and a doctor's job is to keep you alive and healthy. Your job as your own sexual advocate is to say, this is important to my life as a human being. And I need your help as my health professional to make sure that this is a priority in my life and to keep me healthy, but also to keep me a fully 
fully realized human being. And that means a sexual human being. You don't go to a car mechanic and say, hey, my car is broken. Come fix it. You're giving him a detail detail of, hey, my car started acting up when I was on the road because I ran over this. I ran over that. I think there might be a hole in my tire. You give them the full aesthetic. You need to do that mm-hmm. as as well with your doctor. Keeping a sex journal as as we're starting to wrap up. I'm going to start wrapping this up. Um, keeping a sex journal also could be helpful, not just for yourself, but also for your doctor. Because again, like Mistress K said, their their job is to keep you healthy. You got to fill in the blanks for them. They're not there in the bedroom when you're unable to achieve an orgasm. They're not there in the bedroom when you notice that your vagina may go by, you know, go from like extremely wet as a water faucet to extremely dry than the Sahara Desert. You have to fill those blanks in. And then when you're playing with yourself solo, take note if you're noticing things, smells, Taste. Tasting yourself is important, by the way. We can get into that in a different subject. But uh-huh. also achieving those orgasms. I'm not saying keep note of every orgasm that you take because the focal point is having fun during sex, not counting the amount of times somebody quote unquote made you come. But, if you, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like taking note, taking note about in journaling different things about your sexual behavior will also help you further on in life as well because all these things could be tied into if you're someone who like we said was using you know heavily medicated heavy medications antidepressants opioid use is a very big thing birth control ladies and gentlemen birth control mm-hmm. can also affect the way that we orgasm so if you notice that you had one or um, birth control subscription or prescription and then you went off of it and you went on to another and there's a vast difference those are all things that you need to keep in mind so keep that journal handy with that said Mistress K, I want to say thank you so much for being a part of this episode of the show. Um, Mistress K, where can they get in touch with you? Um, the, well, they can follow me on my blog at headstronghotwife.com. Um, I'm also on Twitter, HW, and I'm on Instagram, headstronghotwife. So. And you Those guys, are the best ways to follow along with me. And of course, right here on Moan, too, if you're part of Moan. And on Moan. I'm on always Moan. on Moan. And of course, you I'm guys. always moaning on Moan. <laughs> she's always moaning on Moan. <laughs> and of course, y'all can find me at Ms. Radio Sapphire, um, Ms. Radio Sapphire.com. Also at Ms. Radio Sapphire on Instagram. Sapphire's, um, Sapphire's Earplay on Instagram. No Twitter, because fuck people in their bullshit. And Ms. Radio Sapphire, if you're here on Moan. With that said, everybody, safe sex is the best hot sex. Till next time, good night. That was the show, all you sexy motherfuckers out there. Remember to follow at Ms. Radio Sapphire and Sapphire's Earplay on Instagram. Want some eargasms of the past and future? Make sure to follow on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and all streaming platforms.